Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. All right, everybody. This is Angelo Fierro, my favorite agent at Compass Concierge. Angelo, is this really the time we should be buying or selling a house? It's the best time. It's a record year. Sellers are seeing the highest prices ever in the history of LA. And for buyers, interest rates have never been this low, 2.7% for a 30-year fixed. It's the best time to buy. Oh, my God. Well, what about COVID, though, Angela? Like, this is kind of a freaky time. Like, how do you handle that? We take care of everything. We steam clean the house before showings and staging. We clean during, and we adhere to wearing masks, gloves, and booties. Okay, but what if I'm a tired mother? You know, this is the Warrior Woman podcast. We're tired, Angelo. How are you going to... Can you handle some of this for us? Like, how do we do this? We do it. We do it. Our team does it and Compass does it. Compass Concierge fronts the money to prep and stage your home so you don't have to. And then you get your nice massage after the close. Ooh, a massage. I'm going to hold you to that one. You can get in touch with them at asklosangelo at gmail. That's asklosangelo at gmail. Or call them, 323-821-5353. Thanks, Angelo. Thank you, Liz. Welcome, Warriors. Today, we are talking about kindness. I think right now what we are really missing is some kindness. It seems that half of us are feeling one way, the other half is feeling the other way, and somewhere in between, we have lost sight of what kindness is about, understanding both sides and having some empathy for each other. So today, we're going to talk about the kindness campaign and the woman who started it. But first, have you left us a positive review of the podcast yet? Please do. I'd be really grateful. Have you ever dreamed of having your own podcast? I did. And I launched it. But I couldn't have done it by myself. I worked with Becky Harrington. BH Marketing saved me. They helped me launch my dream podcast. They helped me develop it, brand it, record it, publish it, and even promote it. If you're curious about launching your own podcast, look no further than BH Marketing. That's bhmarketingfirm.com. And tell them that Liz sent you. Use code WARRIOR for your special discount. If you want to spend more time with me, go to thewarriormoms.co. On the website, you can read articles on everything from marriage and parenting to recipes and gift guides. You can also sign up for my e-blast and access the podcast there by clicking on the podcast link. On with the show. Today on the podcast, we are talking to Andra Lamont. And let me tell you, Andra and I are friends from way back, so I'm so excited she's here today. Andra is the founder and CEO of and national speaker for the Kindness Campaign, a nonprofit that provides emotional health tools beginning at age three. Launched in 2015, its acclaimed social emotional learning curriculum and programs serve schools and families, utilizing storytelling, creative arts, play, and self-reflection. Andrew is also the founder and the drummer for The Misses, which is a pop rock band that appeared on Good Morning America and The Queen Latifah Show. Their first music video released in 2014 and featuring their signature Magic Mirror currently has 5.4 million views on YouTube. Since then, The Misses 
has shared the stage with Maroon 5 and John Bon Jovi and has enjoyed musical collaborations with Paul Oakenfold and more. I am so excited to talk to you, Andra. Welcome to the show, Andra. Uh, thank you. It's so good to see you and to be able to see your face and just really connect. So I thank mean, you for having you, me. Oh my gosh, of course. And we hate the Zooms, but then we love them because we are so yeah. sick of them. And yet I get to see a human face and it gives me such life that I just have to just say, thank you, Zoom. Thank you so much. Yes. Yes, yeah. exactly. And you guys can't see this, but Andra is sitting with the, I thought it was a virtual background, but it's not. <laughs> it's actually this flower background that she kind of brings to all her kindness campaigns and her, her different things she does. And it is real, like a flower background. And it, she just touched the petals. I almost had a heart attack. I was like, that is so pretty. <laughs> so yeah, so your excited. reaction was so awesome. I, I was like, whoa. <laughs> it was, because it was it's beautiful. You're bringing the beauty this morning. I love it. Okay, Andra, I like, I don't even know this about you. I know you, but I don't know you so well. So this is going to be kind of fun. Um, I like to go back. I like to go back. What was life for you like as a young girl? What did you dream of becoming? Well, if we're going to go that far back, I guess. Uh, <laughs> so I'm from Victoria, Texas. So it's a very small town. And so dreams for me and dreams for many of us growing up in a small town are probably small. I'm not sure, but I had dreams of being a ballerina. I love to dance and I still do today. So I had dreams that I would one day grace the stage of being in the Nutcracker and being able to be one of those dancers. And, and I, I still today, I see, so you think you can dance. I'm like, that could have been me. Uh, you know, <laughs> I was robbed. I was, yeah. why, why didn't I get to do that? I was in the Nutcracker growing up. I was in the ballet theater and the dance company. And I just love it. I, I love watching it today and I have a huge passion for it. I am obsessed with the Nutcracker on a level that is not normal. I have been going to the <laughs> Nutcracker. My mother would take me. So we lived in Westchester and my mother would take me into New York City, like into the city, as we call it. And we would mm -hmm. go see the Nutcracker at like Lincoln Center. And I would always be looking at those children. Oh, yeah. Looking at those children going, how do I get on that damn stage? How do I get up there and yep. get that giant Christmas tree and put on that nightgown and be her, be Clara? Oh, yeah. I always wanted to be Clara. I never was. I, I wanted to so, so, so badly. But I was probably every other Every other, uh, character. You know, every other character. I was yeah. a soldier. I was a, you know, I was a party girl. I was all the different things. So very much in love with the Nutcracker. And today when I take my daughters, we go every year. It's a tradition. My mom used to come up, not as much as now, but uh, would come and join me. And it was, it's such a tradition for me and my, and my family. And yeah, I would be I like, and that, that was me. And I did that. And yeah, you exactly. Know, but, Look at that girls. That's what, that was mommy. Mommy did that. Yes. Speaking of your parents, you talked about a little bit. How did your parents influence, you think, who you are now? I think it's, you know, I've, I've, had, I've asked mm -hmm. this question to many women, and let me say I've had a myriad of answers. And some of it is okay. like a negative influence that turned them positive. And some of it is, you mm -hmm. know, they taught them resilience and they, you know, it helped them along. Like, what was the parent? What it, how do you think your parents influenced who you are today? I would definitely fall into the category of positive. I definitely lean on my parents today. I, I was actually uh, on a walk this morning with a friend and 
I was telling her like every, so in different stages of rearing my own children. Now I lean, I, I call my mom and go, how did you do this? You know, <laughs> how, how did, well, I don't know what to do in my own parenting moment. So I'll call on my mom, but I, I think my mom and my dad, both of them have, have been such a, a guiding light for me all throughout my life. And for me, they taught me resilience for my mom as far as resilience and grace. I think in the way that she parented, she had such strength. My father, for work purposes, had to leave, uh, I guess, in my formidable teen years. And so my mother was really kind of that parenting figure as I was in my teen moments. And there were definitely some challenging times I, my brother and I both gave her. Of course. And, That's yeah, called course. being a teenager and, and sending yes. your parents to hell. <laughs> yes, and I and I am raising teens right now myself. Oh God, so, how wait? How old are how old are yours now? Twelve and fourteen. Oh my girls. gosh! By the way, I forgot <laughs> about this. Andra, we're the same. I forgot about this. Yes. kids the exact same ages. Yes, I thought yours yes. were like sixteen for some reason. Okay, no. so okay, so yeah. we're in the same exact stage. It's the burgeoning yes. teens, right? Like, yeah, really can't really do much but they no. want to do everything. And you're like, no, you are not really a full teen yet. You're coming in. You're coming into it. And I think, and most recently I asked my mother during some challenging times I've been having, I said, mom, how did you, how did you do uh, this time period? Because I think it's important to lean on your, your family or at least the, the, wise advice if uh, in your family, if if you have someone that you respect and, and love. And for me, it's my mom and my dad both. And so I was talking with my mother and she said, you know, sometimes I just had to love you enough for both of us. And I really, really love that moment because there are times where I am struggling and, and I feel alone in my, in my family. I feel uh, like I am uh, you know, like my, like I, I, I'm not very much a part of the conversation, I guess I'm trying to parent and, and I'm feeling like, you know, I'm, I'm not very much in the game, I guess. And, and so sometimes, you know, I'm, I'm trying to be mom, uh, no, I'm not your best friend. And yet I need to get across what I need to get across. And, and so I'm just going to have to love them enough for both of us during those moments. That's a really good point, Andra. I mean, listen, when they start hitting the teenage stuff, that's when things start to get really interesting. You thought you had the drama when they wouldn't yeah. take a nap or they were right. just being disobedient and you had to put them in a timeout. Yeah. You thought that you were tired then? Oh sure. no. I feel like now is getting really interesting because now it's also nuances, morality, different like things that are coming up that yeah. are like, you know what? Like, yeah, stand on that. Like, is that how you want to portray yourself? Do you want to, is that how you want to bring our family name out in the world? Be careful what you put out there, blah, blah, blah. All these things that they think is like, ah, oh, you know, oh. yeah. and we're just like, no, this is serious. <laughs> these things are and, very serious. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, and I agree with you on that. And I think something that is, is a little bit different than when our parents were raising us was obviously we have technology and we have different challenges than, than say my mom did, but she held space for me. She held space for me in those moments where yes, you know, maybe I wasn't saying I was, I was telling her things. She wasn't saying the right words to me, but she held space for all those moments. And, and that's where I think the grace came in for her and yeah. what she's teaching me. And I think that that has really 
been such a welcoming gift for me in my life because I think not only for my children, but for the work that I do and, and just for helping me to uh, be able to hold space for the people that I work with now uh, through not just uh, my team members that work with me, but just for, uh, you know, the, the kindness campaign and as well as being in a band. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, let's, t- let's talk about that. Cause that is like one of my most favorite things about you, Andrew. One of my most favorite things about you in the whole world is that here you are, you're a mom with two girls, right? Two girls. At 35, you have never picked up an instrument in your damn life and you (laughs) fall in love with the drums and you start playing the drums. I need to know what in the world made you do this because I know there are women out right now that they're listening and they're Mm -hmm. thinking, well, I want to play the drums or I want to play the piano or I want to like start something new, but I feel like I'm too old or like I'm being stupid or like I don't have time to give that to myself. So, and that was like a major, you didn't realize maybe even in the moment how major that was what you let yourself do, but how, tell me about that journey and how drums has kind of changed your life. Yeah. So Liz, I think being naive is, is everything. And maybe (laughs) I was just too, uh, tired to realize what I was doing. especially because I, my children were one and three at the time. And I, w- I think I was just sleep deprived, but I will tell you that picking up a pair of drum st- drumsticks and learning to play the drums and giving myself permission to do that alongside my daughter, who was learning music, not the drums, was one of the best things I ever did. And I think the thing that I've loved so a lot along my journey of you know, learning to play the drums and taking that even further is that that permission that I gave to myself has carried on throughout everything I've done in my life. That one moment, that one decision to say it was okay for myself to do something that fueled me, it 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 not only did that for me creatively, it did that for my parenting, it did that for my marriage, it did it for a lot of other aspects of my life. And so that permission we give to ourselves to explore, to create, to say yes to ourselves is it it opens doors for so many other aspects of our lives. And so, yes, I learned to play the drums, but then I took it, you know, and, and this is my mom would say, well, that's you are you just take everything to the extreme. So what ended <laughs> up happening was I started an all female rock band because I wanted to share it with my my friends. I thought this is really, really fun. And I'd love to bring my friends and get them involved and let them know how this feels. This feels incredible. Like everybody should do it. Come on. Come on. Yeah, everybody so needs to feel this good. It's so good. Everybody should be but doing this. Really, I mean, I, I know people were being funny, but it's really was a courageous move that you, that you made. And I love that you brought other women along because the Mrs. Band is really born out of wanting to empower women. Like you weren't just starting a band. Like you, you started this whole, yeah. I am enough thing. I mean, it was like, I remember when that band started and I would see that hashtag, I am enough, I am enough everywhere. And that video and everything, it was like, it was, um, I mean, it gives me the chills thinking about it. it. It was like a moment, you know, like you really tapped into how women were feeling at the time yeah. where they were not feeling like they were enough and they weren't giving themselves permission. And you were like, no, it is time. Let's come together. We're going to, we have a band. We are not 20. We are in a band and we are having fun and we are not apologizing for that. So tell me about, yeah, tell me about the origins of the Mrs. Band and how that all came together. 
So that was really fun. I, I think that for me, it was one of those moments where it just was fun. It was like, oh yeah, this is like, it's not a book club. It's a band club. We're going to do this. <laughs> We're going to order our Maudis, which for those of you who don't know what that is, it's awesome Mexican food here in Austin. And we would order Maudis and we would set up and we'd go to a friend's house and we'd like play around on the music. We'd like learn a little, but really we were just, it was a time to really convene and be together and feel like we were doing something kind of secretly just for ourselves. We dropped the kids off at school. We were learning and we were doing something that felt like it was for us. And, and it felt like we had a purpose that was bigger than ourselves. And, and it really was a time to connect. The other piece of that was that you couldn't let each other down, right? You're learning. I think it was um, accountability. Yeah, we had accountability. We were learning brown eyed girl. And so we were learning a song and it's like, you know, you, you had to like lean on each other. You know, somebody had to say, okay, I'll sing. You know, so it was like, that's how it started. We were learning cover 80, cover 80s rock songs. And it's like, okay, what song next? And you had to like be a team. You had to, you know, agree on things. And we were, do, it was all outside our comfort zone. So it was really fun because nobody in the group knew what they were doing first and foremost. <laughs> Secondly, we all had to like figure out a band name and, it was all uncomfortable. And, but then it started getting kind of serious. People started really like saying, oh, I'm into this and taking lessons outside the band. And okay, this is like really- Like taking it more seriously. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, we were like, okay, well, because people caught wind of us and they, they said, uh, we'd love for you to come perform. I think the beauty bar, I don't think that bar exists in Austin anymore, asked us to perform. That was our first gig. I remember like doing clip in hair at the time where you could pop in hair and like having hair. And I was like, I'm going to do my makeup. And like, we're all wearing black leather and we're like, okay, we're going. We packed that bar. There wasn't like a, 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 it was all standing. Like we had, that bar didn't know what to do with itself. Like there were so many, so many of our friends came because it was just insane. They're like, y'all are going to play music. Like wow. <laughs> we had three songs. It was so insane. It was so much fun. We had no idea what we were doing. I remember before I got on stage, a guy next to me, he was going to play after us. He's like, so what kind of sticks do you have? I'm like, uh, what do you mean? Like this, the, my drumsticks? He's like, yeah. I'm like, I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't even know Whatever what they're, came I don't know. Whatever yeah, came, I'm like, probably came together. I don't know. My drum coach handed me these. I mean, like Zelgen. I don't know. So it was hysterical. It was hysterical. And um, we had no idea what we were doing. But the courageous thing that we did was we showed up. We stepped on stage. We smiled. We were nervous. um, And we made people feel like there was something happening, something different. And for us, it was everything. And we, was that when you knew, like, did you know at that point, like, wait a minute, this is going to go beyond us doing our little thing in this room secretly. This is going to be something else. I don't know if I knew that this was going to be something else. I just knew I loved it. I knew that I loved learning and I knew that uh, the drums gave me that feeling of, something that I hadn't had in a long time for myself that was similar to dancing. I was kind of challenging my brain. I was learning to read music. I was doing all those things. And it just opened this portal to this whole other world I hadn't experienced. I I would say that it also invited me to this emotional escape 
that I hadn't had for myself, this love affair with myself of learning. You know, I, I didn't know where else I would get that. It was, you know, exciting. So really it wasn't soul, feeding yourself. Yeah. Yeah. A feeding of my soul that was unique and I'd never experienced. So I felt like, um, you know, it, this journey lasted for about a year or so. And, and then I was like, I'm taking this more seriously. I want to learn to write music. I kept wanting to do things. Okay. How can I learn more? And it became something that was very much about feeding my soul, feeding that kind of, uh, uh, way to empower others around me and the band, the girls, how are we going to continue this? So that's when we started enough even come in. Like how, where did that germinate from? Three little words that really mean a lot to me because I think often I don't feel I am. And that song is to empower all of us to remind ourselves that we are, but it really stems from day, a day that I didn't feel I was. And in conversations with my own bandmates, they were like, yeah, I can connect on that. Like I often feel a struggle and, and I often feel that, you know, I tear myself down, you know, as we started kind of, you know, culminating around that conversation of why is it we do that? And nobody really had an answer. And we said, let's start a conversation. And music is the best place to start conversations, you know? So we started writing that song and that began this whole movement through our music video, through really trying to invite this conversation into people's lives, not just women, but men, children. It's not necessarily about negative talk, but it's about what are you, what conversations are you having and where's your self-worth built? Is it built from the outside or is it built from an eternal conversation about how you see yourself? What stories are you telling yourself? And so yeah. this began that whole journey. Yeah. I mean, what was, what were people's reaction to the Mrs. Band when you first kind of were going out and really kind of saying, okay, we're going to actually bring this out to the world. Cause I feel like the music industry is the polar opposite, Andra, of what you were actually trying to do. You're like, hey, we're some yeah. women. We're over 35. We're 40, whatever we are. And we're just going to start a band. We're some moms. And we're yeah. going to take it out. We have a message. <laughs> I mean, that is not what like the music industry is really in love with. So what was the first kind of reaction? Were people like, are you kidding? Like, what are you doing? Or what did they think about you at first? being naive again there, I thought, I'm going to just walk in and I'm going to be like, knock, knock, knock. Hey guys. Yeah. So we have this project. <laughs> and I thought, I thought you might want to hear about it. No. And by the way, my background is pharmaceutical sales. So, you know, I went in with my little iPad and PowerPoint presentation of like my music. And I was like, had, you know, I had some ideas on my iPhone with like some sound bites and just kind of what they could hear, you know, I was all prepped and ready thinking, oh, I'm going to do a presentation. And they looked at me like, uh, okay, first of all, is it just you? And I was like, yeah, it's just me. I'm just here to, you know, present. And then, you know, I flew all the way to New York, uh, to, to show you and showcase the band. And they looked at me like I had a third eye. <laughs> and first of all, you're too old. It's hard enough to get Melissa Etheridge on the radio who I love, by the way, they were like, oh. we're trying to get her radio airplay and she's incredible. Who do you think you are, Miss No One, walking in here by yourself with, you know, no backup? I'm like, did I need backup? I didn't know. I would have brought my kids. Um, and they just kind of looked at me like, I, we don't get it. I'm like, what's there not to get? I'm singing about things that I believe that 
are on the hearts and minds of other women. And I, I've got all these other moms that are totally into this. And they were just like, no, we, we actually, there's no space for you. You'll never get radio airplay. Well, if that didn't fuel me, I don't know what did. I was like, okay, close the laptop. Thank you for your time. I will, you know, uh, I'll go do it on my own. And that's whenever I launched the magic mirror video getting, you know, it, it, it went viral overnight and on, on Facebook at the time, that was a, yes, yes. that was a thing. And, uh, then I had good morning America calling and it, to me, that was when I, it resonated with me that the mission I was on was something bigger than me just going the traditional route of radio is that, uh, you know, I think sometimes as we are looking to do something or as we think we have a road we're going down that's the right road for us. It's not always the right road. There are all kinds of roads for our lives. And so you kind of have to be open to discussion about what message are you trying to send? Who are you trying to talk to? Yeah. And for me, I was like, you know what? It's okay. I don't have to go that route. I can I can speak to anyone and, and write songs. Uh, these are not the traditional everyday love songs. These are messages for women and to uplift, you know, the the people who support me around me. And that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that magic mirror, of it, I still cry every time <laughs> I see it. Like I, yeah. over two zillion times my own personal self, I still cannot get through it without crying. Tell me about, because you didn't take that magic mirror across the country. I was at a, a couple events with you when you had the magic mirror. Yeah. I could not even stand near you. I was bawling my brains out. I'm crying now thinking about it. I literally yeah. have tears in my eyes. Tell me about that experience. It it blew me away the way that whole thing yeah. works. It's explain, to, explain to me yeah. and this audience so they know. If you haven't seen the magic mirror video, I'm going to put it in the show notes so you can see it. You have to see it. You'll cry your head off. But but let's talk about how you traveled around with it yeah. too. So what what exactly you you had the mirror with you and at the events and tell us like about some of the stories of resilience and all of that. So yes, and it does make me emotional to talk about it. So I apologize up front. Um, it is uh, it is probably one of the things that has changed my life the most. And uh, yes, I was fueled to do this on my own. But what I was fueled most about was to connect with people and to to share this message and to let people be seen, letting people feel a place of belonging and let them be heard. And so by creating a mirror that would allow people to be able to stand in front of it and have conversations, everyday conversations. And then hear words that are powerful, just specific to them, and walk away feeling empowered was the goal. And so for those of you who are listening, uh, the I guess the inception of the mirror was, that was the idea behind the mirror. And what happened was our, yes, it stemmed from our song and it's, and uh, we created it here in Austin and we basically spent two days doing, uh, bringing people, special loved ones that we thought needed to hear a message like that. We brought them, we created, uh, you know, surprises for them. We had lots of background on all of these people. We, we even had uh, filmed videos 
from their loved ones telling them how incredible they were. And these people were teachers. There's like a question on the mirror, right? Like there's usually starts with a question. Yes. So what we would do is we bring them in front of the mirror. It was filmed in a mall, by the way. It was filmed at our Barton Creek Mall. And, uh, and so it would, so when people would step in front of the mirror, they, we, they would had no idea what was happening. They just knew to go to the, like meet at the mall and go here. It would say, how do you feel when you look in the mirror? And it had an interactive element to it where they could swipe. I feel okay. I feel, you know, all right. All right. You know, all the way to not good at all. And what was interesting is as they would, it was just this random voice talking to them, they could swipe. A lot of these people, what we would consider some of these women, uh, they were all women that we did this with initially for this video. All of these women were what we would consider heroes. They were either heads of some nonprofits, they were teachers, they were moms. They were all these incredible people who we felt needed to be at the mirror to hear this message. And we did about 12 of them. And so they would swipe the mirror. And then all of a sudden, this voice would start talking to them like, just all right. What do you mean? Yeah, because they would always not pick like, I feel great. It was like they would always pick like, eh, or like not good. (laughs) Not not good. Not, you know. And so we would take them after that, after that initial kind of rating, we would take them through a journey in about five minutes at the mirror with a conversation with a voice, a mystery voice, the magic mirror voice would take them through a journey of a conversation back and forth. And the only thing that they could see at the mirror was their image. They would only be seeing themselves during this time. And then we surprised them again with uh, the video of their loved ones. And then by the end of it, we would have them rate themselves again. How do you see? Now we're going to ask you again, how do you feel? And they would end up selecting, I feel enough. And these people would would say to them, like, you're my hero. You're the best mother ever. You changed my life. And they would just be sitting there crying. And then we're watching them crying our eyes out. I mean, it was just like, it was the greatest thing. And it really made me realize that women really beat themselves up. I mean, these women were heroes. They They were out in the community. They were great mothers. They were great wives. They were great businesswomen. They were great everything. And yet they just did not feel good when they looked in the mirror. And it really was such a telling thing. Like it made me say, my God, no wonder we need these I'm enough messaging and we need this magic mirror because we need to know that we are enough and that, you know, we don't have to yeah. be perfect and that, you know, but that we, we, we are all doing the best that we can. Yeah, we really are. We really are. And, you know, seeing that, that, that day was very special for all of these people who we had planned. But the interesting thing that came up for a lot of us, you know, the band, we were all there, we had this control booth set up. And then a lot of the people that were involved, but the interesting piece of this too, was we had just kind of random strangers when the mirror wasn't on walking by step up to the mirror. And this is also in the video, random strangers were walking by and they would step up to the mirror and us, you know, all the band members, all of us in the control room were, were like, what do we do? Do we talk to these people? What do we do? And and so we we were like, let's do it. Like, we have no background on them, no data. We didn't have any loved ones speaking to them through the mirror. And what was so, so interesting was that they were so moved by this experience. They, they too had a very similar reaction to being taken on a journey with the mirror. And it was 
it was such a turning point for all of us who were kind of planning this experience to see what was possible with the mirror. Mm -hmm. And so when I know when you and I got to know each other, we had started this movement with the mirror because after the video launched, after, you know, Good Morning America's Calling, Queen Latifah, all these, you know, what about the mirror? What real what we realized is people were reaching out because they wanted that experience. So we started touring around with it. And from that experience, I have heard hundreds of thousands of people speaking at our mirror. And what what I have learned is that people want to be seen and people want a place to open up and feel that space that I talk about that my mom told me about. They want people to hold, they want somewhere where someone will hold space for them. And we all can do that for one another. We have to learn. We have to see how it's done. And the mirror has been able to provide that. And it has become a tool that we now take into schools. It's become a structure, not just in the band, not just as a song we wrote, but it's been something that has been very, very instrumental in the kindness campaign as we deal with emotional health. So for me, when I say that this mirror and the I am enough message very much is such a key part of my life. Yeah. It's been such a, a portal to emotional health, like the art and emotional health are these two things that live in my life and in ways that I feel allow me to connect. And so the day I picked up drumsticks and said yes to myself, gave me an opportunity to say yes to so many people and to learn to love people differently. Absolutely. Well, let's talk about the kindness campaign because it was born out of, I mean, yes, you, you kind of took the mirror and you took it even further, you know, which is amazing. You brought it to more people and you, and you created a whole campaign around it, the kindness campaign. Um, but I know it was also born out of a terrible tragedy. So yeah. tell me, tell me about that. Well, during this time, uh, we were actually touring around with the magic mirror and doing, uh, a lot of active work to be able to hear what's on the hearts and minds of children and adults. And we were hearing so many powerful moving things out there from, dads. We worked with the National Eating Disorder Association from children you know, who were suffering in that way to dads who felt lonely. It just, you name it, we were hearing it all. And at that time, a dear friend of mine's daughter, who wasn't much older than my daughter's, uh, committed suicide due to bullying. And this, my world stopped. I was already kind of in a place where I was hearing a lot and trying to process. And then I heard the news and, um, and I have two young daughters and I felt this need, this growing need and calling to, uh, to really dig into what was happening in my own life. And that's whenever I, started to create with my daughters a conversation at our, at our our dinner table. I started, we started kind of crafting, um, a journal, but at the time it was a little character called a nuffy buddy. And I'm doing this. uh, I wish I had one to show you right now. Um, 
but I started creating a character with them. It was more be at their age to try to figure out like a conversation of how we talk about what happened. And so by journaling, it made something uh, scary, not seem not as scary and trying to open up a conversation to their feelings because I felt like it was um, something that was so big and adult that I didn't know at the time how to make it um, small and uh, bite-sized for them to really talk about and to talk about their emotions and to let them know that they weren't alone. (sighs) I know. Uh, Sorry. So. uh, Yeah. Well, and this journal, this journal became something that you ended up using and, and having other people saw it and wanted to use it because exactly what you're saying, that is a suicide is such a huge thing, but, and you know, a lot of parents don't even want to talk about it because it's like horrifying. Right. Or you think you're going to give them the idea, right. You're like, I don't want to even talk about this, but you had to talk about it. This was one of their friends. Like you, there was no avoiding this topic in your house. So you had to figure out a way that you could talk about it and have them not feel intimidated or so scared to say, to to express their feelings. Right. And because of what was happening around me, I heard other children already talking about it that were not much older. And what I started learning as I took, I took the journal into my girl's classroom and luckily at the school that we were at, we just, I had such a champion for what was happening around me. And the principal just, he was like, let's have it for the whole school. Let's, you know, he championed and helped me. He became a board member once I made it a nonprofit. And, you know, I, I didn't, I guess one of the things is like, you know, people are like, so when did you decide to start the kindness campaign? I'm like, I would like to back up and say, I never decided to start the kindness campaign, it more like just unleashed itself. It just started rolling and people got on board, people championed it. And it became from one school, five to 50 to 80 within the first two years. I sat there going, how do I roll out one journal to, how do I scale to from pre-K all the way to fifth grade? How do I keep content coming? It became a thing where I knew when I first had a conversation at AISD, which is our, it's the sixth um, uh, leading district. It's a district in um, social emotional learning. I sat down with our, with our district and I sat across from Tracy Spinner, who was leading the way in the healthcare sector. And she said, Andra, Suicide is the second leading cause of death among teens. And the CDC, uh, or well, before that, she said, uh, one in four students come into our school system experiencing trauma by the age of four. And I was just like, oh my God, what? What? And I was like, what, what happens to the? I mean, I literally was a mom sitting there going, I don't even understand all of this. So I've been for the last five years, what I would consider getting caught up to speed right. on everything that's out there. And today the CDC is saying just this year, uh, one in three kids are feeling, are reporting hopelessness and sadness just this year, which all of that leads to oh my God, think about what is going on this depression. year. So I, my work and what I do, um, is serious, very, very serious. However, what I try to do and, and what my team does 
is we use music, we use characters. And what I was telling you just a few seconds ago about taking it bite-sized, making it playful, figuring out a way to engage student-centered focused. That has been what I've been doing uh, unknowingly since day one, because I've done it because I've been, I had to do it as a mom and I know, and I knew what it was like. And I'm like, I can't talk to them up here because that doesn't make sense. And because I I've experienced it in my own life and because I continue to experience all at every level, it's so, so important to me that the work I do, the art I create and from every level that it feels right to whoever is accepting the information. So that is how the kindness campaign, I would say was born. Yeah. It was born. uh, Unleashed. Yes. Was, was born and unleashed and why I continue to do the work I do and why I am, uh, more than passionate about, about why I do it. Well, I'm going to put all this information so people can get involved with you. I, I, As I'm sitting here, I'm realizing the most obvious thing in the world is that I have to introduce you to my friend Meg Zucker, who, who has a, a company called, or a nonprofit called Don't Hide It, Flaunt It, because there's a lot of synergy oh. between you two. I was literally sitting here and I was thinking about your podcast, which we have to talk about next, that, that oh, yeah. Meg would be the perfect podcast guest for you. But let's talk about um, your I'm enough podcast. Tell me, I love that you started yeah. a podcast. Obviously I did too. Look at us. We're yeah. doing, we have kids the same age. We both started a podcast. Um, okay. <laughs> We're best friends. It's going to be great. Uh, <laughs> I love it. About the I'm enough podcast. So, you know what, that was actually born also out of just really wanting to all these wonderful, including yourself, wonderful, uh, women and men that I've gotten to meet over the years that I just really want to highlight their incredible work. I've gotten to partner with incredible people and organizations, nonprofits, but then also, uh, you know, brands. And for me, what's so valuable, I also had an opportunity uh, many, many years ago to meet Ann Richards, who was basically saying, you know, whenever you, you know, whatever you do, whenever you rise, always lift somebody with you. And uh, a picture that was painted in my mind, and that was said to me. And then uh, at a church service one time, I remember the, this, this picture, which I have to share because it just, uh, the, the pastor got up and he, he was on a ladder and he talked about, or he spoke about how he got somebody next to him and he tried to lift someone and he, and he lifted and it was hard. And then he got that same person to pull him down and he fell right down. And he said, it's always harder to lift, but it's the right thing to do. And those two things have always stuck with me. And I feel like as we are on our journey in life, that if you can take one person with you, if you can lift a brother, a sister, um, if you can help your, your friends out, that that's the right thing to do. And for my podcast, learning and offering uh, people's stories, sharing their before and after moments, helping encourage other people to know that it's okay. Life is tough. Mm-hmm. And it's how you overcome those, the, the things that come at you and, uh, you know, the nose, the, um, all the hills that you're climbing, 
you know, right now, especially more than ever with COVID, there's so many hills. You've got to innovate to be able to stay on top of everything. I know, goodness, I know that I've had to do that with every facet of what I'm doing in my business now. I mean, that could be a whole podcast of how we've had to innovate and create just to stay afloat. Um, but I think it's really important to share. People look at the glossy all the time. And so my podcast is really about seeing how some of these people that look great and are doing it, how they've been able to really make it happen. And and sometimes it's out of tragedy and sometimes it's just out of um, sheer willingness to overcome whatever hurdle. So um, mm-hmm. it's been exciting and I've enjoyed it. Uh, I'm about to film the second season. So I'm sure you'll be hearing from me. Uh, <laughs> I would love to. Are you kidding? Yes. Yeah, I yes. I love that. I love that. I love the whole podcast world. I I yes. I I didn't even know really what podcasts even were a year ago. I'm not even kidding you. I didn't even know what they were. So now that I'm in this world, now I love it. I I have my own podcast that I'm obsessed with. So now I can't even wait to listen to yours. So I'm very excited about that. So tell me before we get to my speed round, which is my favorite thing in the whole wide world. Um, oh tell me. <laughs> I want to know, what do you think the most important lesson that you've learned that you want to pass on to your daughters? Because that's like a big thing I'm thinking about with Coco too. She's, she's 11. She's not, she's not 12 yet, but she'll be turning 12. Um, and I think about often, um, like she's running right now for student council president and she's running oh, so eight people, right? And she, this is her, all her own idea. This did not come from me, but it's, I, she sees me trying new things at 50 years old. Yeah. She sees me starting a podcast. She sees me, she listens to this podcast. She listens to these women and she's leaping for greatness. And I think this is so incredible. Like, you know, it's really one of those things. Your daughters must be looking at you like, how can I even (laughs) compete with this mother? This mother is out there doing everything. But what is the most important thing or important lesson you think you want to pass on to them? So that is a, is a good question. And I, first of all, good luck. I think she's going to be fabulous. Uh, so great. I, I did that in, uh, in high school and I loved it. Um, I think that, um, you know, interestingly enough, I think right now passing on things to my daughters is really hard. I actually am learning a lot from them. And I, most recently learned something from my 14 year old and it's super powerful. And so I would share this. I want to know this 14 year old wisdom right now. Yes. Uh, and I think people should, I think this is, this is important for people, but, um, especially right now, and it just came out so wise from her, but, and she just said it, rolled it off the top. She's like, there's, you know, every day may not be a good day, but there is good in every day. And I truly believe she looks at life that way. And I think it's a a hopeful way to view life that, you know, through our failures, through our challenges, through anything that's going on, if you're looking for the good in every day, it will get you to the next one because there's good in every day, right? Yeah. So every day. Yeah. Even in a bad day, there is good in that day. And you know what? I, I like to tell my kids all the time, like, Whenever we're going through something really horrible, I'm like, you know, this is temporary. Yeah. I mean, nothing, nothing good or right. bad lasts, right? Like, and that's the blessing is that yeah. while we want the good times to always last, I always say to the kids when we're having really good moments, I'm like, look at this. We are yeah. we're having a good moment. This is amazing. You know, acknowledge it. Uh, those things are fleeting, but the bad things, they're temporary too. So yeah, right. because, yeah, because if you're, if you're looking for always this or, you know, you're, 
it, it's too much. So just even, even keel. Yeah. And yeah. just, yeah, I, I feel like that that's a little bit, a little bit easier way to go through your days is just look for that little bit of good. Yes. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell you, Andrew, one, one wise mother said to me, my friend, Cindy, she said to me, cause she's got a 17 year old Andra. So she's a little ahead of us. Okay. What she I'm ready. Told me, <laughs> what she told me and I'm already using it. She said, Oh, don't you dare get on that roller coaster ride with your kids. Don't you go up there. Don't you go high and don't you go low. You don't buy a ticket to that ride. You stay on the ground and you stay even. And no matter how hot or cold or crazy or not, that gets you remain grounded on the ground. You watch the roller coaster go around and you just calmly respond. And I was like, <laughs> wow. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so I'm using that one. I, I, I was designing a t-shirt this morning called crazy. I got your calm. So that- <laughs> perfect. That's perfect. I want that t-shirt. Okay, great. All right. I was on the walk again this morning. Yes. So okay. Uh, we well, yes. do the speed round. You calm. ready? Okay. Speed okay, round. Okay. I think I'm ready. Okay. Cocktail of choice. Always tequila. Always. Yes. Okay. Particular kind, particular drink. What? Uh, I typically just like Clase Azul, kind of like a, a, a clean tequila, maybe like a silver with soda and lime. Okay. I love it. Kind of, uh, kind of just a, <laughs> if you really want to know. <laughs> yes. I like that. Um, what about a mantra or quote that you live by? I'm sure you have many, but if you can pick one. Yeah, it's hard to pick one, but I think the one that I say to myself mostly is to just breathe. Yeah. Breathing is very yeah. important right now. Holy moly. Yes. Yes typically tell myself to breathe. Yeah. Or I just breathe. I literally just breathe. <laughs> <laughs> literally take a breath. Um, okay. What simple thing do you do for yourself? Like a self-care tip that we could all maybe do. Okay. Uh, a self-care tip. And well, this, this is interesting because I just started doing this recently and I'm sure this is old because a lot of people do this. I just started taking baths. I, I don't know. <laughs> You know what? You're think, not alone. You're not alone. Okay. Yeah. I used to think who has time. For, I used to think who has time for that. And because I'm so busy and literally I now take back, it, it literally, I may take two in a day. It's a, it's a transition for me. Yes. So I may have to get in for five minutes to transition my emotions and get out. It's an interesting, it, it helps. I just interviewed uh, a prominent black activist and to say that she's busy is a whole other ballgame. Correct. She told me she takes two baths a day mm-hmm. and she says it's not self-care, Liz. It's soul care. Oh yeah, I, I agree. It literally was like this, boom. Like I literally was like mm-hmm. two baths. She said, I take one in the morning to center myself. Yes, and I take I've done that. one in the evening yeah. to calm myself down. And she said, and I yeah. look forward to those things when I yeah. wake up and when the day is done. And I was like, that is a really good point. Yeah. Yes. I do Epsom salt with mine and then there's Epsom salt or there's Epsom bubbles now. So I do, I do all oh. of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I'm looking yeah, it, at Epsom bu- bubbles immediately. The bubbles are amazing. Lavender. So oh. Good. <laughs> oh, I'm doing that. Immediately. Okay. What makes you feel unstoppable? Ooh, um, unstoppable. Well, 
You know what I feel my best is when there's, which is funny that we're talking about all that, is uh, when there's harmony-ish in my home, when I feel really connected and having deep conversations with my kiddos and my husband. So that's when I feel like unstoppable. It's like, okay, I got that on lock. Now I can like go <laughs> yes. like do the rest of my life. Yes. You know? I feel like that too. <laughs> who do you most, who do you most admire? Oh, well, I obviously it's both my parents. I most I just admire they're they're still together. They're, you know, during COVID, the conversations I had with my parents were hysterical on how to teach them first how to FaceTime. And then just like I'd see like a shoulder of one and like <laughs> half an eye of the other and just listening to them. And they're like, well, good thing we like each other. Cause we're spending a lot of time together. you know, they're just cute. And I, mean, I, I just, I just, I just love my parents so much and just, yeah, it, yeah. I, I want to be, you know, them, you um, know, I'm not, I'm so far from their relationship, but it's so cute. Oh, they probably think what you're doing in the world is amazing. Um, what is exciting you the most right now? I have a lot that's exciting me. Uh, one of the, I guess, uh, you know, personally is my family is, thank you, COVID. It, we have moved into some deep relationship talks. So that's been interesting in the house. Uh, so that's been kind of cool. Uh, there has also been, I think, some great pivots in Per, in my per work with the kindness campaign, innovations, taking tons of stuff online and musically, I would say some, there definitely been some downsides, but, um, some innovations happening and some things that I'm really excited about that we're releasing for, uh, work, you know, things that we can take nationwide, which wouldn't have happened had we not had a had this moment in, in history. So I'm very excited about those things for both, you know, music, music, we're calling it music and kindness program that we're launching. And we've been, we launched it nationwide already, but so those are things that are exciting for me because my team is so in it. I have such an incredible team and they just rally and are really excited about our work and, and how we can help people around us. So yeah, I'm, I'm excited about all that. I love it. Well, thank you so much, Andra. Like, I loved our talk today. I feel like we covered like so many amazing things, and you've had <laughs> you've really lived quite an incredible life. And I'm so glad that you're still in this kindness game. You're and you keep on. Every time I think you've hit a certain level, you like keep on going. I it, you just uh, like amaze me. So just the way you're you. pivoting and reinventing and and really spreading your message is so inspiring to me. So thank you so much for coming uh. on today. Well, thank you for always supporting. You're just, you've been a bright light. And, and I, I have to say that this work is partly due to people like you and, and being able to be on this journey with people like you. And so thank you, because that makes it possible I love to it. continue doing the love I, the work I love. So thank you. I love it. I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you for joining me today. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. That's how we move up in the rankings. This is the Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. And remember, every woman has a story. You just have to ask her. Bye. Bye.